1: Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Okay, appreciate you tuning in tonight. Had a good chat with Drake Kajula from the Chicago Blackhawks told the tale of his trade. From Edmonton to Chicago a year and a half ago, tough week for him when that happened. And Kajula and the Blackhawks will go up against the Oilers in the qualifying round whenever we get around to that. NHL could name hub cities later this week. Okay, so we had a call there from the secret professor about the Hart Trophy and would McDavid be a candidate. And it's not that I don't think he's a candidate. It's just I think that if you're going to vote for an oiler, the voters are going to pick Leon Dreisaitl and then somebody like Nathan McKinnon or whoever might get in on the list. Um, and then we got talking about players from the same team who have been in the running for the Hart trophy. I got a text from someone to check the, uh, one of the Montreal Canadians teams in the late fifties. And that turned out uh, not to be the case. There were not two Montreal players who finished one, two in the voting. So I'm quickly going through this right now on HockeyReference.com so let me get to okay so here, here's the deal total hockey trivia time in 1970 71 members of the Boston Bruins finished 1-2 in Hart Trophy voting Kellen I know neither of us were born at the time mm-hmm. and I have the advantage of already knowing the answer can you think off the top of your head who those would have been uh, I'm going to go with uh, well, Bobby Orr for one Bob, you already won the heart Trophy. There yep. you go. And, uh, man, uh, Phil Esposito? Yeah, you got it. Hey, Phil Esposito. I yep. almost said Johnny Busick, Ma- but Mark just texted that in just as, <laughs> as you were. Mark quick to the phone. You have him in the wrong order, Mark. You put Esposito's name first. You win nothing. <laughs> we, have, we have no prizes anyway. Well, we could send Mark one of those life-size posters of me. Do we still have any of those? Send Mark one of those posters. Sure. We'll di- disinfect it. We'll, cur- we'll have curbside pickup for Mark. We'll just, <laughs> d- we'll just have the, the poster rolled up in, a, in like a bucket of bleach. There must be an old bucket or small tub that is lying around in Halsey's office. We'll just put a uh, bleach solution in it and put the poster in there and Mark can just drive. But Mark, you won't even have to stop. You can just hang you can just open your door and hang out the your door like you kind of mm-hmm. do when you're in a golf cart and you just bend out to scoop spend over to scoop up your ball. That's what we'll have with the, the life size poster of Reed Wilkins. Reed I think anyway. there I think there is an old tub in uh, Halsey's office. I think it's one of those old he's, all sport first quencher tubs from the 94 CFL he's, expansion. He's probably currently bathing in it. <laughs> hey I was using that you Anyway, what? oh yeah, we're doing a sports show. Um eighty-seven-eighty-eight. Two of the top three finalists for the Hart Trophy were from the Edmonton Oilers. Mario Lemieux won the Hart. Fuhr was second in voting, Gretzky was third. So that's the best ever two Oilers have done in the same season. Obviously, Gretzky won it numerous times. And in two thousand-2001, Two of the three finalists were from the Pittsburgh Penguins. Joe Sackick won the Hart Trophy with the Quebec Nordiques, or as we knew them at the time, the Colorado Avalanche. And Lemieux was second in voting, and Yager was third. So there's your sports trivia you can take to work or impress your family members with tonight or in the near future. So I don't think McDavid's going to finish in the top three this year. I think Dry Seidel has a very good chance to win it. It's it's funny. It well, it's actually not funny. Quite frankly, it's kind of sad. It's not ha ha funny. Let me put it that way. We had though who are those guys, Kellen? We talked about during the year, and I actually invited them to come on the show. But there are these two guys who do some kind of analytics blog. In I can't remember if they're in Minneapolis, St. Paul, or one of the other illustrious cities in the yeah, state, state right. of Minnesota. Uh, Oh, here it is. Jay sent it in. It was 54-55. Ah, there we go. Ted Kennedy and Harry Lomley. Jay Bueller also gets a poster. The Leafs, right? But here's the catch, Jay. Yours isn't going to be disinfected. So, (laughs) Ted Kennedy, thank you. Okay, so I started, Jay, I started the year after this. I don't acknowledge anything before 1956. No, I'm joking. Um, The Hart Memorial Trophy, Ted Kennedy, Uh, Had 86 votes Harry Lumley Had 61 votes They finished 1-2 in voting And then the rest Of the top five Was Richard Beliveau And Harvey From the Montreal Canadiens So two Well there were only Six teams in the league At the time But two teams Had the top five players In hard trophy voting So okay So there we go since fifty-four, fifty-five, I suppose we could keep going back and checking earlier. I'm not going to do it right now while I'm, while I'm on air, but I'm assuming Jay is doing it so he can win another poster or something else from Brian Hall's office. Oren Esposito were 1-2 in seventy seventy-one. 71 and Gretzky were 2-3 in eighty-seven eighty-eight, And Mario and Yager were 2-3 in 2000-2001. I do not anticipate McDavid and Dreisaitl both being in the top three this year. So there you go. Brilliant work by Jay Bueller and Mark on the text line. Uh, What was I saying? Okay, so remember those guys? We asked them to come on the show, Kellen. Mm -hmm. I think they were called Evolving Wild, and they they did all this analytical stuff. And they had Leon Dreisaitl something like 20th in Hart Trophy voting. And I see discussion on Twitter, which, by the way, is actually one of the worst places in the universe to have an actual discussion. So I use that term loosely. Mm-hmm. But I see so many people trying to discredit sidle season. And I feel that the analytic stuff in hockey is interesting and important and perhaps a way to use very minute details, to use minutia, as the scientists would say, to separate players, which is fine. But I got to tell you something, in hockey, goals and points are really important. So fine, maybe sidle's plus minus is not as good as you would like it to be, but power play points count. Like, their goals, too. A power play goal is worth one, just like every other goal. And it's like, well, dry, Dreis- you know, Bergeron kills penalties. sidle doesn't. Well, but it's how valuable you were to your team. And sometimes sidle was needed to go out there and kill a penalty. Especially when the Oilers were two men short, and I'm not d- discrediting what other great players have done, um, but anyway, that's I'm starting to get tired, Kellen. I'm not used to going over an hour. I need some water. to <laughs> yeah, get your wind back. <laughs> I need somebody send Gatorade or All Sport. Mark Laurie on the text line. Send Gatorade. When you come for the curbside pickup, I'm not even at the station. That doesn't even help me, dropping off Gatorade at the station. All right, Jay Bueller is going to work. He's actually sending me screen caps from hockeyreference.com. 1945 NHL awards voting. One-two in the heart from the Montreal Canadiens, Elmer Locke and Maurice Richard. And in 40-41 from the Boston Bruins, Bill Cowley and Dip Clapper. Great name. We're uh, one, two. Sillaps was third. Sid Howe was fourth. And uh, Brian Hextall was fifth that year. I don't know how far back. Well, I assume Jay's going to look at every season now. He must be back to the origins, origins of the uh, Hart Trophy by this point. Great work, Jay. Thanks for keeping the show going. Uh, and Jay says that is all from before 55-56. So Jay Bueller, you have done a great job helping to produce content, free content, because we're not paying you uh, for inside sports tonight. (laughs) Dave texts in. He goes, uh, hey, Reed, I heard that no NHL team would be allowed to play in their home city for the playoffs. So if Edmonton becomes a hub, does that mean the Oilers would have to play in the other hub city? No fans anyway, but I'm just curious. Yes, that is a likely scenario. Now, here's the catch to that, Dave. If it was, for example, Edmonton and Vegas, one of those teams would have to play at home. If it was Edmonton and Vancouver, one of those teams would have to play at home because they're both in the Eastern Conference or they're both in the Western Conference. So if it was Edmonton and Vancouver, one team would get, one city would get the Eastern Conference, the other one would get the Western Conference and thus one team, would play at home. I got to commend myself for use of the word thus in that sentence. So there we go. So that, that's how that would work. A lot of questions yesterday. I, I, I went into it off the top. I'm not going to get into it a- again. You know, I didn't think that that video that the premier tweeted, I thought it was a good video. I thought it made Alberta look awesome, but they didn't position it in a way that was, uh, help people understand what it was all about. But they did have that, video yesterday and it was it was supposed to be aimed at families of players who might come to Edmonton if Edmonton was chosen as a hub city and this led to a lot of people asking well wait a minute if you're part of the bubble can you leave the bubble and come back like are you allowed to take a day trip and come back to Edmonton and hang out with your family would you not have to isolate with the players or away from the players. So Dr. Hinshaw was asked about that today in her media availability.
2: So there's two different stages of quarantine that are in the plan for the NHL. The first stage is the same kind of quarantine that anyone who comes in from a country outside of Canada would need to observe, which is that 14-day quarantine to prevent spread from those individuals to others. And so whether or not the family members are uh, going to be a part of that NHL cohort along with the players, that would be a decision that would be made by the NHL with respect to uh, risk tolerance essentially and and that's not uh, you know we would be requiring them to to be in that 14-day isolation period uh, and where it happened would be part of a discussion with the NHL. What happens after that time period is the second part of a quarantine to protect the players who are involved in a tournament and so that's the expectation that those players are uh, kept distant from others around them that they're in a, a protective quarantine to protect themselves and so, again, this would be something that would be more of an NHL policy. So if the family members who come with players are a part of that particular NHL cohort, uh, then they would have to stay within that bubble. If they would were to leave, then the expectation would be that they would not uh, go back inside that particular bubble until after play was complete. Uh, so that would be, again, that framework that we've proposed, uh, but that second part of the quarantine is a quarantine that would protect the players not necessarily protecting the public
1: okay so she kind of and there's still a lot that 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 they don't know and and uh, tim shipton from oilers entertainment group uh spoke to quinn phillips at global yesterday and said you know families coming here is hypothetical contingent on being approved by health authorities like dina hinshaw and as she said there if if you left the bubble there's a chance you wouldn't get back into the bubble. So that's another thing to consider. And we, we don't know if Edmonton is going to be a hub. It's on a short list. We might find out later this week. Except-
3: another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner?
0: Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
3: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member
1: FDIC. 7804960063 to call or text. We'll call timeout and be back. I'm in the basement. Don't worry, everybody. It's not my parents' basement. I own my own basement. Someday I'll work on having the rest of the house. Major League Baseball ready to go ahead. That's the news tonight, July 1st for training camps. And it now sounds like games will start July 23rd or 24th. We heard July 24th from Bob Nightingale earlier today from USA Today, but details still coming out about this uh, NHL. We're still waiting, might get some hub cities later this week. Edmonton in the final six, along with Vancouver, Toronto, Chicago, Los Angeles, and Las Vegas. So there will be uh, likely some hockey news Uh uh, players are going to have uh, more opportunity to skate, going to be groups of 12 instead of groups of six as they continue to go through phase two. Chris Johnson from Sportsnet talked about that on our show last night. The Western Hockey League, home of the Edmonton Oil Kings, the Red Deer Rebels. They want to go October 2nd. Of course, the WHL Canadian Hockey League not able to finish the season this year. Ron Robinson, the commissioner of the Canadian Hockey League was on order, or pardon me, of the Western Hockey League was on orders now with Bob Stauffer earlier today. And Bob asked him, can you play without fans? No, unfortunately, we just can't do that. Um, We need spectators in order to make it work. Uh, um,
0: We rely heavily on those revenues to pay for all the expenses. Unlike other levels of hockey, um, we take care of the players 100% of their expenses and, uh, of course, our scholarship program on top of that. So there's heavy financial obligations on behalf of our clubs that we need to uh, take care of, and the only way we can get there is through ticket sales.
1: All right, so that's the word from Ron Robison, the commissioner of the Western Hockey League. They would need fans. It sounds like they're they're hoping that they would be allowed to have 50% capacity. They have to worry about the four Western provinces, state of Washington, the state of Oregon, so they'd have to have clearing from all those jurisdictions. I, I don't think they expect sellouts, and let's face it, a lot of teams don't sell out in the Western Hockey League, but I think if they, he mentioned to Bob, if they can get to 60% capacity, that uh, they would probably be okay with that. You can get that whole interview on Bob's page on 630chad.com. Interesting text here. i got to find it again. Uh, Where are we? Oh, Don. Don wrote in. Thanks for this, Don. He says, Reed, happy to have you back for two hours. Thanks, Don. Happy to be back on for two hours. He says, Major League Baseball had attendance of just over 68 million in 2019 maybe not as dead as some of your listeners think that is from don 7804960063 yeah but don it was the same two people who went 34 million times each. no that's like that's a fair point there's a still a, a massive number of fans uh, that go to baseball games each year you can get all the attendance for every year on baseballreference.com we were using hockeyreference.com now we'll use baseball reference 68.4 million last year uh, it was highest in 2007, 79.4 million. It has been in the high 60s and other years, even in the low 60s, uh, in the mid 90s, uh, you know, 50 million in the shortened seasons of 94 and 95. So still millions of people go to baseball games. Um, they're probably worried that it could be ever declining. But again, here's one of the, here's one of the, and all I can tell you, Don, is, is a concern I have and other people have the average time of a major league baseball game in 2019 according to baseballreference.com 3 hours and 10 minutes so that was in 2019 20 years ago in 1999 2 hours and 57 minutes so still pretty long but it's longer by 13 minutes let's go back to oh let's go back to 1979 just for the heck of it 2 hours and 35 minutes two hours and 35 minutes for a baseball game in 1979. That's about what an NHL game takes now, unless there's overtime. And obviously in the playoffs, there could be a lot of overtime. So I, I do believe that is a problem to ask somebody to commit to that time on television or in person. Now, NFL games take a long time. Uh, I get it. I think the NFL is a more compelling product and, Let's be honest, a lot of people will lean towards watching maybe just the second half of an NFL game and getting what is often a pretty good finish. They have a lot of close and relatively high-scoring games in the NFL. So, But fair point by Don. Baseball attendance, still a ton of people. Marty, I found out the backup quarterback for the Calgary Stampeders. His name is Montel Cozart. He's 24 years of age. He's going to turn 25 on August 11th. Played football for the Kansas Jayhawks and the Boise State Broncos. He went to high school in Overland Park, Kansas, and he signed with the. He's already been with the Stamps a couple of years, so there you go. I don't know much about this player though. Montel Cozart. We had a texter, Marty, who wanted to know more about the Calgary Stampeders' backup QB. The future of Canada West and U Sports with Evan Dom when we get back. okay so baseball officially announces a 60 game season and At about the same time, that's breaking, the Denver Post reports that Charlie Blackman and two other members of the Colorado Rockies have tested positive for coronavirus following workouts at Coors Field. Several Rockies have been working out at Coors Field this month. Just reading from the article here, which I can't read because now a paywall has blocked me. Send 99 cents so I can get the first month, everybody. Anyway, that's the nuts and bolts of the story. Baseball's back. July 23rd or 24th start for a 60-game season. July 1st for training camps, and three members of the Colorado Rockies have reportedly tested positive for coronavirus. So we will keep an eye on that story. We've been keeping an eye on this story really for the last few months. I mean, uh, University of Lethbridge pulled out a hockey, then Canada West facing coronavirus Obstacles, and they canceled the first half of the season, basically the fall semester. So football's gone. Uh, it cut out half seasons for sports like hockey, volleyball, and basketball. And then last week, the U of A pulled the plug on the entire season. And they, uh, they have cited budget cuts from the UCP as a big part of that. However, the other Alberta schools, it appear, are going to go ahead. So we want to talk about this a little more and have some discussion with Evan Dom, communications and marketing from the Canada West conference. Evan, thanks for coming on the show tonight. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, Reed. How are you? Well, I'm doing okay. I know for people like you, it's a challenging time because you're only writing press releases with news that people do not want to hear. Uh, how sort of, uh, I don't know if depressing is the right word, but it's certainly a challenging time for anybody connected to university sports.
0: Yeah, challenging would be an understatement, Reid. It certainly has been a difficult period for us. And not to, you know, not to to whine too much because there's a lot of people out there who are going through a lot of of hardships. Um, You know, whether people know individuals who have been impacted by COVID-19 or have been themselves or lost their jobs. So, you know, as... As disappointing as it's been and as difficult as it's been for myself personally, I'm in a lot better spot than, than many of my colleagues, frankly, uh, around the conference and around the country who um, either have been laid off or are worried about being laid off given you know the impact that this has had on all of us. and It's definitely been um, not the most enjoyable period of my career and time with Canada West, uh, but it, it's important work nonetheless to, to communicate with people and make sure they understand what's going on and why it's happening.
1: So that was a big one last week when the U of A said, we're not just we're just simply not going to play. And, and I know there are a lot of schools in Canada West, especially in sports like basketball. I think they're up to 17 or 18. Um, but to me, the, the sort of pillars of Canada West, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, have been Alberta, Calgary, UBC and Saskatchewan. that's my view of it anyway. So when one of those four schools says we're not even going to do the second half of the season and we're not specifically going to do hockey, which is the marquee program here in Edmonton and at the U of A, like that was was pretty surprising. I mean, how does that, at the conference level, does that have to be discussed? Can the U of A do that unilaterally? Are they automatically welcome back into the next season? Give us some of the nuts and bolts
0: yeah so obviously the news was was disheartening and, and surprising to a certain extent obviously we were aware of the budget constraints at the university of alberta uh, long before they made the decision to pull out of those sports uh, for the 2021 season so uh it wasn't an entirely shocking announcement but you know even even though you think it might be a possibility just it, it coming to fruition and becoming official obviously strikes you and it certainly did uh, within the conference as well as the general public and with respect to sort of the nuts and bolts of it reid we've altered our policies to allow for schools to basically sit out a season without being penalized by the conference so they can sit out a year and come back uh, the following season so the 21 22 season um, previously our policies would not have allowed for that they would have had to sit uh, sat out two consecutive seasons um, in order to become eligible to return to play. So there's been some leniency granted there given the COVID-19 situation and the variety of uh, financial impacts that it's brought.
1: Mount Royal and the University of Calgary have said that they are going to go ahead with their seasons, the, the ones that will start in January, so that includes hockey. They are in Alberta. The, the U of A has cited UCP budget cuts and in the combination of COVID as a big reason why they aren't proceeding. So how come other Alberta schools are proceeding? Are they not subject to the same sort of budget cut challenges?
0: Yeah, there certainly has been uh, significant cuts to post-secondary institutions across the province of Alberta by the current provincial government. I don't, I don't think that's really up for debate uh, with respect to how it's impacted athletic departments across the province. That's varied depending on how they operate their, their you know their athletics departments, depending on their funding models, how much they depend on the the core uh, sort of operating budget from central administration, um, their different fundraising mechanisms. Um, there's, no, there's no sort of one answer, Read to how our athletic programs are funded across Canada West, let alone the country. So there's a variety of different models. Um, athletics has sort of different stature or priority status within different institutions as to how their central administration views them and how they fund them. Um, so there's, there's really no direct clear... Uh, easy answer for me to give you other than our funding models uh vary widely between institutions within uh, provinces but obviously across provinces and across the country
1: but then does that not beg the question or the observation that if some schools can survive these budget cuts are there are there not better funding models than other or or recommended funding models if canada west could ever step in and do something like that yeah, I mean, it's totally up to the institution
0: and, and to the member how they want to fund their operations Reed. Um, with respect to, you know, the, the different ways to do that. You know, you have funding models across the country where you have something like Laval's football program, which is basically at an arm's reach of the athletics department. And, and it's 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 basically a private entity that runs it as it sees fit. Um, and then you have other, other programs within institutions, and that's the one point I guess I should make too, is the funding models for programs within institutions varies widely as well, depending on depending on the sport, depending on the expenses associated with it, uh, depending on the history of those sports. So it, it's not an easy answer. It's not a clean answer, um, you know, and the realities for our programs and for our members who run those programs are entirely different um, from one to another and and differ significantly from one season to the next as well I guess the one thing I will say that that has impacted um, almost every single program across the country depending on uh, their institutions uh, sort of stand on the matter has been the athletics and recreation fees which are charged to students when they're on campus in classes Uh, I certainly paid them when I was going to school you get access to our events through that you get access to the gym you get access to different recreational programs and if you're doing everything virtually this fall which uh you know the majority of our classes are going to be a hybrid model but the majority of undergrad students will not be on on campus that significantly impacts it there's so many layers to this cake it's not easy to say it's 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 one thing or it's another thing it's it's everything um and that that really is where we're at with, with funding of, you know, university uh, of university athletics in the country.
1: Evan Dom Communications and Marketing with Canada West, joining us tonight talking about the reduced schedule for the upcoming Canada West season, and in the case of the uh, U of A, no schedule. I, they will go ahead. What are they going ahead in? Is it wrestling and swimming and something else, but, but yeah. no, none of The
0: championship sports, so wrestling, track and field, and swimming, and obviously whether or not those are staged are still to be determined, but if they are staged, they've they've indicated that they will be participating.
1: Okay, so what's what's ahead here for Canada West? I mean, I I know Mount Royal and and Calgary have said they're going to go ahead. I I would think the same for McEwen, which plays in a few sports, but is there still concern another Alberta school or, you know, a UBC, Saskatchewan, Regina, whoever could say, wait a minute, this might not work or there are too many concerns about athletes being together, fans congregating to watch games. Are you still kind of playing the waiting game with decisions by other schools?
0: Yeah, the possibility still exists that other schools will decide not to participate in Canada West competition this year, even if there is a sport being played. Um, they've got a couple of weeks left to make that determination. Um, I will say this, if, if health protocols allow us to play January 1st, I believe wholeheartedly that we'll have enough members participating in basketball, volleyball, and hockey to stage Canada West competition and crown a champion.
1: And is is there an October 8th deadline that's been talked about? Yeah, so a decision on the uh, second term
0: sports, uh, the sports I just mentioned there, will be made no later than October 8th. So we could have a decision prior to that, but that'll be the drop-dead date in terms of making a call on that. And then another date for people to keep an eye on is July 15th as we'll make a determination on whether we stage a golf championship in the fall, um, along with uh, plans for a uh, swimming championship either to be held in the fall or move to our, uh, our second term.
1: Evan, before I let you go, is is there anything uh, that that I'm missing or you feel that's important to say about Canada West and youth sports here?
0: Well, I just think the one important thing from our standpoint, Reed, is that you know these decisions were ultimately made uh, with the student athlete at the center of all the decision making processes and their health and safety. and I know people, might have a hard time understanding how they can go about some level of normalcy here as things start to reopen, but we can't have university sport competition. And, you know, I, I would just point to some of the cases that we've seen in the in the United States with respect to either pro leagues or more specifically at the, you know, the university level where you have, you know, a quarter or, or more of an entire football program testing positive for COVID-19, you know. It, the business models and, and how we approach what we do are entirely different. And it really has been centered around the student-athlete health and safety and giving them some certainty for the fall. None of the decisions were taken lightly. Uh, It wasn't a fun process for our board or the the COVID-19 task force that supported them uh, to go through. But it was important work. And and having been on the inside of it, to be quite honest with you, I have a great deal of respect for the people who went through the process and ultimately made the decision. It's, From my standpoint, looking like it was uh, the most prudent way to approach the fall uh, more and more so every day. And we're, we're still hopeful, obviously, that things improve and that we'll be able to play in the second term because it's nobody's best interest not to have university sport for a year, but it has to be done in a
1: in a respectful
0: and uh, health-conscious manner.
1: But but I think to expand on, on your point, there, there's no comparison between any Canadian university sports program and Auburn football, Clemson football, anything like that. No,
0: absolutely not. I mean, those programs exist to make money for the institution. Um, Our programs exist to provide opportunities for student athletes and to enrich enrich the campus experience, certainly. But in in terms of the core priorities and sort of the the mission statement of university sport um, on on both sides of the border, it's, it's very different. When you compare... Sort of what people see on television. Reading, there's a whole lot of Division One schools that are small and have 500 people at their basketball games, and there's Division Two and all that sort of stuff. We're not talking about that. That's not what people think NCAA is. They think of Auburn football or Alabama or you know Clemson, the ACC, and and that's uh, that's not where we are. That that's just the reality of it.
1: All right. Well, Evan, thanks for the update. It, it's tough to see this happening with Canada West and the U of A, but uh, maybe it leads to some to some change and clarity going forward. And hopefully, there is uh, in is the half season in the sports that are still going. Thanks a lot for checking in tonight, Evan. Anytime, Reed and I hope to talk to you in the fall when we're uh, talking about things firing up on January first. Right on. That is Evan Dom, communications and marketing for the Canada West Conference. So a little bit of the lowdown there. Uh, As he explains it, a variety of funding models for all sports programs across Canada and uh, the U of A didn't think theirs was going to work in the light of the budget cuts and in light of the COVID-19 crisis. Other Alberta schools uh, seem to be able to uh, go ahead. Uh, This texter says... It is from Brian who he says, Hey, Reed, uh, it seems to me that the administration at the U of A is trying to send a message to the Alberta government at the athlete's expense. Today on Chet, I heard some staff makes upwards of $400,000 annually. Of course, the reasoning, in quotes from Brian, for these salaries are if you want to attract the best, you have to pay for the best. Brian adds the U of A isn't even in the top 50 universities in the world. So maybe the students need to take a look at what they are paying for and what they are receiving. That is from Brian. Brian, I'm not sure what show that was on, so I can't verify that number Uh, Myself, I'm sure there are some, uh, you know, well-paid professors and and administrators at the University of Alberta. I can't verify uh, that number. Uh, You know, maybe the U of A does need to look at some things and think, okay, if this happens again, how could we survive it? Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds,
3: and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? Right, right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG.
1: I think that's going to be a key going forward. 780 to call or text. for back after the break. Ryan and Lloyd Minster writing in as well to the text line. Ryan, hope things are good in the border city. I used to live and work out there. He says the budgets in post-secondary institutions in Canada and Alberta in particular required a reckoning. The Alberta government, led by the UCP, not just the UCP itself, made necessary budget cuts last year. COVID has made that more real, but it should be no more different than the cuts being made by businesses large and small. Nobody likes to cut jobs or salaries, but things have to be done to align with the new slash current reality. That is from... Uh, Ryan, 7804960063. Appreciate the uh, thoughtful text on this topic. Um, look, if, if not for the cuts and for COVID, the U of A is playing and uh, Canada West is playing, certainly if not for COVID. So I do think we have to recognize that. Um, but sure, Ryan, does this mean that the U of A and other schools likely have to face some realities and perhaps make some adjustments? I think you make a fair point. Appreciate your thoughts on that. On the phone line, 7804960063, Richard calling in. Hello, Richard.
3: Good day, sir. Hi. My opinion of the NHL season is this I am old enough to remember. George Armstrong in 1967 picking up the Stanley Cup at Centre Ice and doing their celebration with it. I think that the NHL should take the high road and not complete the season. Uh, How important is it to society to have it? Is it driven by the almighty dollar? I think it is. I think that they should take the high road and say we want to protect our players and their family members and we will resume a season in October or whenever it starts in the fall. I think they, you know, they, they did it before in 1919 or ever when the influenza went and history says there was no Stanley Cup awarded that year. I think they should do the same this year.
1: Uh, well, yeah, I'm going to tell you something, Richard. Like, stay on the line. You're, you're not the first fan to tell me this, and you're not the first person I, I've seen post something similar on, on social media. I was actually really surprised a few days ago. Uh, I, I, uh, a friend on Facebook, not somebody I see a lot in real life, but somebody I know and I know is a big Oilers fan, said, pull the plug. Like, why are, we yep. gonna, why are they going to make us watch games in August that are going to be in empty buildings, you know, with uh, – being played at odd times in the day to give out a, a Stanley Cup in a season that is only going to be remembered uh, for <laughs> for being affected by the, the coronavirus. Now, I still think if you win it, you'll win it. It's tough to win it. I, I have heard that sentiment before. And, Richard, you're right. It, it is motivated by money. I think it was just motivated by health and convenience of travel. They would just say, well, wait a minute. Yeah. We got we to gotta try to do this in October or November. So would you watch, though, if it came back? I don't know
3: i i i really don't know now the, the other question i have my phone's going to die right away the other question i have is what are they going to do with free agency it starts on july 1st of those of the 16 teams that get into the tournament what are they going to do with their free agents
1: well the the free agency will be whenever the off season is they'll come up with a date in september october probably okay. october yeah okay and the draft lottery is this friday but then yep. the draft is in the office because the draft was supposed to be this weekend i was supposed to be going to montreal this week
3: Oh, The sacrifices we make for our health.
1: I know. I would have ate so many of those sandwiches. Hey, thanks for listening, man. Thanks for uh, taking us back through your hockey fandom. Appreciate it. That's Richard seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Yeah, good call. I don't know. Like, it's if you've been listening to me, I, I like I, I feel like I can't just come on here and be, and be like gung ho. Like I cover hockey, so let's just play hockey no matter what. Not worry about it. That's not my personality. I'd like to see the Stanley Cup presented. It's it's like you're you're reading a book, and specifically on the Oilers, you're reading a pretty interesting book this year after many uninteresting books, and, and you'll want to know how it's gonna end and what the the uh, the crises are gonna be and the conflicts and the challenges and ultimately the resolution. I still would like to see that. I, I just hope the NHL can put everybody in the bubble, keep everybody in the bubble, keep all the players healthy, and finish the season that way. Somebody earlier texted in some very valid concerns. How is baseball going to pull this off? And uh, Bob Nightingale, who was on the show earlier tonight from USA Today, uh, MLB has the right to relocate teams during the regular season to neutral sites for health and safety reasons. So that team could play half of the 60-game season in its own stadium and then if the COVID numbers are bad in that city, they got to go play somewhere else. So it's going to be a schmozzle to use a popular term when it comes to a lot of sports getting going. We'll keep you informed here. We'll have some fun along the way as well. Six o'clock, we're back tomorrow. Thanks to Dave Campbell, the producer of Inside Sports, Kellen Kennedy, the studio producer. Thank you for listening. My name's Reed. Take care.